Good morning and welcome to another TRC broadcast. I am your host, Bishop R.D. McLeod. And if no one has said it to you already, I'm glad you're here. So we thank you for another opportunity to share with you the word of the living God. Uh, as we continue our series, we were talking about, uh, as we discussed before, the great falling away. Um, I want to begin to go a little bit more deeper uh, in this conversation. And I just want you to bear with me. I want you to pay attention. I want you to listen because I believe God is going to say a lot of things to you this morning. I want to emphasize that the following away that we talked about is not necessarily from the church. This is where a lot of people have a misconception. They believe that they're serving the church. And anytime you believe that you're serving the church, your responses to the church can vary. But when you understand, I'm serving the Lord, and no matter where I go or what I do, what it, 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 it is a testament to my relationship with the Lord. So uh, I always also want to uh, emphasize the point, and I stated it before, that I simply believe that this pandemic, this latter-day times, served as a blow to the infrastructure of the body of Christ. What do I mean by that? The Bible constantly admonishes us to forsake not the assembling of yourselves together, one with another. Why? Because the Bible says that every joint is, it, every uh, that the body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplied. Satan heard Jesus when he said, a house divided against itself will not stand. So what you see is, is that during this pandemic, Many people had to stand on their own diligence. Many people had to stand on their own prayers. Many people had to stand <clears throat> on their own uh, relationship with Christ. And it blew, and, and, and it caused a, a blow to the infrastructure. Why? Because as well as you, you know this as well as I do, many people were not really connected to Christ. They were connected to the church. And that's why you, again, get so many varied responses and the commitment that people have today is because it was the church was the focal point and not the fact that they were serving Christ. The Bible says, and all that you do in word or deed, do it as unto the Lord and not as unto men, not as men pleases, knowing that you shall receive your reward of the Lord. So when you Set out to be diligent. Your focal point is in the audience of one. I'm doing this, Lord, because you saved me. I'm doing this because you blessed me. I'm doing this because you redeemed me. Are you listening? So uh, during this time of the pandemic, many believers have just fallen asleep. Are you listening? Falling asleep. They no longer look to the return of our soon coming king. This message will serve two primary purposes. One, it is to alert you of God's timing because the Bible says that that day should not come on us as unaware. But if you are not reading, if you are not studying, if you don't spend time with God, the day can catch you off guard. Now, the second function or purpose to help you to identify if you, in fact, 
have fallen away. Now that's very important because you have to be transparent before the Lord. And again, take your eyes off the church. Put your eyes on Jesus. The Bible says looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finish of our faith. So now uh, let's let's begin to uh, go through the scriptures. Go to Second Thessalonians chapter two. This is our foundation scripture. We started with this um, or we alluded to this in the beginning of part one. And I want to encourage you, if you have not seen part one, please go back and get it. You need the whole picture. Two parts can't really do it, the justice that it needs. But I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit, he will give witness not only to the truth, but he will give witness to your current standing in Christ. Because really, to be honest with you, God does not want to lose anyone. He doesn't. And no matter how you've been up until this point, no matter how committed or uncommitted you've been up to this point, God still tries to send the word of God according to Psalms 107 verse 20. He sent the word to heal them and deliver them from destruction. This is God's attempt to continue to reach out to you to let you know the time is at hand. Now, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Let me read verse 3. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. Now, uh, we understand the Bible says that the day of the Lord will not come except there first be a falling away. And in its context here, when it brings up the man of uh, the son of perdition, and it talks about that man of sin being revealed, we do understand here. First of all, let me explain. Paul was writing to the church of Thessalonica because they had thought that the rapture had already occurred. Now, just for some of you that are, um, I want to say legalistic, the word rapture is not in the Bible. There are some other things that are not in the Bible either. Uh, uh, but they still exist. Are you listening? Rapture is from a Greek word, uh, meaning the catching away, uh, the snatching away. And so the event is in the Bible. If the word isn't, are you listening? Uh, there is not a, the word niece is not in the Bible either, but you have one. Listen to what I'm saying. So let's don't be too uh, legalistic and miss the whole point. They thought the rapture had already occurred. And so they were in fear. They was in shock. And Paul was writing to let them know that, look, no, this has not happened so far. However, that day will not come except there first be a falling away uh, and the son of perdition. And it's talking about the Antichrist. Daniel called it the abomination of desolation, which stands in the holy place, which is talking about the rebuilt temple and this this Antichrist, how we'll see later how he makes a covenant with Israel during the tribulation period. However, before that, the church is taken away and so are caught up. So you have to make sure 
The Bible says that that day will come in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. It'll be so quickly that you won't be, if you don't prepare before then, you won't be able to prepare. All right. So let's just continue uh, reading. And the Bible talks about that, that son of sin be revealed. Now, let's continue to move on here. You have to understand something here that the epistles really had certain uh, characteristics and time frames in them. Such as you got Romans and uh, Romans talked about the redemption from sin, how Jesus came and how he delivered us from sin, the work that he did uh, in his sacrifice. And then you see uh, Ephesians. Ephesians basically talks about what we have in Christ, the possessions that we have in Christ. And then you have first and second Thessalonians talks about the hope of his return. Now, Romans represents the past, the redemption. That's something that's already happened. Ephesians talks about the possessions that we have in Christ, what we do have as benefits in Christ. That's talking about the present. And then, of course, first and second Thessalonians, especially second, is talking about the hope in his return. Are, are you listening? So we have to understand something here. The Bible says that there will be a great falling away. And we also talked about that, too. Uh, the Greek word for that is apostasia, and it talks about apostasy. Uh, and what does that mean? It just simply means that uh, a departure or an act of refusing to continue to follow. Sound like anything you've seen? The act of refusing to continue to follow, obey, or recognize the religious faith. So what he was saying is before all of this takes place, there's going to be a lot of people for some reason or another that's going to lose interest in Christianity. They're going to lose interest in the things that they've learned before. They're going to lose interest in the things that used to keep them occupied while they were in the body of Christ. And because of this separation through pestilence, most people have lost their conviction. And so to be honest with you, now we're doing things we said we would never do again. Now we're hanging with people we said that we'll never hang with again. Now we have allowed things to creep into our lives that we were alert about before. And we are no longer looking for the coming of our soon coming king. So this is to alert you that that's what's going to happen. In God, in this time dispensation, you should realize where we are. So listen to me. So we want to alert you. And if you are a father and you are responsible for getting your kids into heaven, there should be a weight on you to not allow your children to suffer because you had indifference. If you are a mother and you are slacking your commitment to God, look at what you pass on to your children. They didn't ask to be here, but they're here because of you. And if you don't do all you know how to do to get them in, especially when you can see the timetable of God, especially when you understand that the time is closing up, what what would you do if you didn't do everything you know how to do? 
to get your kids in. It would be a sad attachment on us as parents. And it's not about them being angry with you or not. Listen. It's forever. We're playing with a forever game. If you miss heaven, it's forever. If you make heaven, it's forever. We have a responsibility. Now, let me move on here. I want to go... Uh, I don't want you to get too comfortable because the Bible says, search the scriptures for in them, you think you have eternal life. Jesus said, these are they to testify of me, but you won't receive me. So you need to look through the scriptures. You need to stop going about how you feel and the God that you created and start looking in the scriptures and see if the God you created is the same God that redeemed you. Are you listening? Now, I want you to go to Luke chapter uh, 21. Luke chapter 21, because I want to show you what's going on. And I want to read this out of the message Bible. And this is Luke 21, uh, verse 34 through 36. And I think the way that it puts it is very, very eye-opening because it details the temperature of the church and the world today. Listen to this. Be on your guard. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectations get dulled by parties, drinking, shopping. And I'm going to put this in too because I'm not doing any scripture injustice or even the apathy that has been created through the pandemic. Don't let the sharp edge of your expectation be dull. And then it says, otherwise, that day is going to take you by complete surprise. Spring on you suddenly like a trap. For it is going to come on everyone, everywhere, at once. So, whatever you do, do not fall asleep at the wheel. Pray constantly that you will have the strength and the wits to make it through everything that's coming and end up on your feet before the son of man, end up on your feet before the son of man, that you end up standing before God and be counted worthy. Another translation says in order for you to enter in. Now, we know the Bible says broad is the way to lead it to destruction. But narrow is the path that leads to righteousness and few there be that find it. You have to understand. For some people, think about it. In your current position, if you could make it in. Most people could make it in. See, it's not because you got a good heart. That is not the criteria for Jesus saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. Not having a good heart. That's <clears throat> leaning to humanism. And when you lean to humanism, you, 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 you take out the faith aspect. Now, how do you really see the signs of the last days? Do you really see them? Well, let's take a minute and let's look toward Israel. 
Israel is the main player in the last day. Israel is in the focal point, the centerpiece of the last day events. So let's just look at Israel and see what the Bible says about Israel. Now, uh, Matthew 24. Matthew 24. And let's look at verse 32. Now, before we get to all of that, we know in Matthew, the disciples came to Jesus and they said to him, they said, uh, Master, when will all these things be? That's when Jesus was talking about destruction of the temple. And he said, not one stone will be left upon another in Matthew 24 in the beginning. Uh, and they said, when shall all these things be? And what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? And Jesus said, take heed, let no man deceive thee. And then he went on to say about all of the things that was going to happen in the end days. And he said um, that many will come in my name, saying that I am the Christ and deceive many. He said, and then you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars. And you're going to hear a pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And then he said, uh, but and, and I don't want you to think that this is the end. He said, because they will deliver you up to be killed and you will be hated for my name's sake. He said, but the end is not yet. This is the beginning of sorrows. This is the beginning of birth pains. And then he said, he went on to say, and that the, the gospel shall be preached in all of the world and then shall the end come. Now, going on down to uh, the, the parable of the fig tree, I want you to understand this. Because if you're not reading your Bible, you're not understanding where we are. Verse 32 says, now learn the parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put it forth his leaves, you know that the summer is nigh. So likewise, ye, when you see all these things, you know that it is near, listen, even at the door. Verily I say unto you, this generation shall not pass to all these things be fulfilled. Now, I want you to understand the parable of the fig tree. I want you to understand what Jesus is saying. When it put forth his buds, when it begins to come forward. Now, let's listen to this. Israel is referred to as the fig tree. Uh, that's in Hosea 9, 10. That's in Jeremiah. That's in uh, the eighth chapter. That's in Joel, the second chapter. Israel is referred to as the fig tree. Now, he said, when you see that this fig tree begin to put forth his new buds, what it's referring to is the rebirth of Israel. Are you listening? Now, this is straight. This is this is very very powerful. As a matter of fact, I'm going to read the scripture because I think it, it will help you if you saw it, if you heard it, if you really understood the context that it was talking about. Uh, and that's found in Ezekiel chapter 37. I want you to hold your place here, but I want you to go to, to uh, Ezekiel 37. And I want to read these scriptures. We've read it before. We didn't really know what it was talking about. This is a prophecy that Israel had. Uh, I mean, that Ezekiel had about Israel. Now, look at this. He said in verse 11, 
Then he said unto me, son of man, these bones are the house of Israel. Did you get that? Remember talking about Ezekiel and we, we was always, you hear people talking about the ankle bone connected to the leg bone. And, and we got so caught up in the, the display and the delivery of that, that we didn't really see the significance of this prophecy. He said, Ezekiel, the Lord took him and showed him these bones. He said, uh, these bones are the house of Israel. Behold, they say our bones are dry and our hope is lost. We are cut off from our parts. Therefore prophesy and say unto them, thus saith the Lord God, behold, O my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come out of your graves and bring you into the land of Israel. And ye shall know that I am the Lord when I have opened your graves, O my people, and brought you out of your graves and shall put my spirit in you and you shall live and I shall place you in your own land. Then shall you know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, saith the Lord. I will open your graves and I will tell you that you shall live and I shall put my spirit on you. The rebirth of Israel is a significant prophecy. Now, this is what you need to see here. I will bring you to your own land. Now, what makes this so great of a miracle? First of all, I'm going to go ahead and, and put this out here. I may, I may come back on it again, but in May 14, 1948, Israel became a nation again. They were in war. And Israel became a nation again. Now go to Isaiah 66, verse 8. I want to show you this scripture here. This is what happened to Israel. The Bible says in verse 8, Who have heard such a thing? Who have seen such things? Shall the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Or shall a nation be born at once? For as soon as Zion, Israel, travaileth, she bought forth her children. In May 1948, all at once, Israel became a nation again. God had prophesied to Israel, I will bring you from all four corners of the earth back into your own land. And this was in 1948. They were brought back until they, to their own land. Now, I want you to look at this. Why is this such an astounding prophecy? First of all, you have to understand something. Israel is a tiny piece of land about the size of New Jersey. Listen, at its widest point, Israel is only nine miles wide. You could take the country of Israel and sit it inside of Texas approximately 32 times. Are you listening? <clears throat> now, this is crazy because Israel is so tiny, it's so small. And yet, Israel has, has been under attack since the very beginning of time. 
all of the people who came against Israel. And remember what the Bible says when God made the Abrahamic covenant in Genesis 12, it was about Israel, the people. He said, I will bless them that bless thee. I will curse them that curse thee. He said, for in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. He had told him, I'll make your name great. Do you understand that every country that tried to take Israel down is sitting on the heap, a smoking heap of a trash pile right now because of their uh, actions against Israel? It started all the way back with Egypt, Assyria, Babylon, Rome, Spain. Germany, all of these countries came against Israel. And as a result, that small piece of land, they could not extinguish it. Go back and look at genocide. You look at Hitler in Germany. You look at all of the Jews that were killed, that were massacred, but trying to exterminate Israel, and they couldn't do it. Why? Because the hand of God had already prophesied that, see, they were scattered when Babylon came in and, 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 and took over Israel. They were scattered. Assyria came in and they were scattered. Nebuchadnezzar, all of these different kings scattered Israel all over the world. And God prophesied to them about those bones. I'm going to bring you from the four corners of the earth back into your own land. Now, we've already seen that happen. However, if you are not paying attention to prophecy, you could get relaxed. You could go to live in the Bible says, as it was in the day of Noah, so shall it be in the coming of the son of man. He said, because they were marrying, giving in marriage, eating and drinking, and they knew not that destruction was on the way until the door was closed and the flood swept them away. And if you go back and look at the prophecy, even what happened with Noah, the Bible says he was in there for seven days and then the water came. He didn't just close the door and it started drizzling. Okay. He was in there for seven days. And that's another story because the Bible says a thousand years with the Lord is as a day and a day is as a thousand years. And if you go back and look, it was 4,000 years. The earth was 4,000 years old uh, back when Jesus was prophesied to come. Are you listening? And then Jesus came and then that dispensation, there was 2,000 years. It's been approximately 2,000. Are, are you listening? There was 4,000 and then when you look again, there's been 2,000 years since Jesus came. That's six. I ain't even going to get into it. The millennial reign is a, is, 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 is a thousand years. Let's continue. Let's don't get sidetracked. Now, he said, uh, I want you to, he said, this generation will not pass to all these things are fulfilled. Now, before I get to that, there are countries right now on every side of Israel who made war, is making war with Israel and has been. I want you to look at Luke 
21 34 i want to just show you something that's in the scriptures uh i think that it would be very uh, uh interesting the bible says here take heed to yourselves and i and i and i read this again from another translation uh, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and the cares of this life so that that day come upon you unaware. Now, what I want to show here is, is that Israel, there's one more scripture I want to read out of this, 2120, 2120. Listen, when you shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then you shall know that the desolation thereof is not. When you see Israel, look at the news. Just type in Google Israel and see even currently there are, there's tensions right now with Israel as it always has been, but it's mountain even now. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now, I want to bring forth this before we get too far, because I know I have a certain amount of time that I need to finish this. Um, he said that this generation shall not pass to all these things be fulfilled. What generation is that? The generation that witnesses Israel become a nation. That was in 1948. That generation, he said, will not pass until all these things are fulfilled. Guys, do you do you have any idea the time we're dealing with? We've seen this happen. In our lifetime, we understand, and there are people right now that were born before 1948. And that generation witnessed Israel from the Ezekiel prophecy come back together. They've witnessed the wars, the rumors of wars, the pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. We've witnessed all these things. We see time is being compressed. The contraction and the birth pains are closer together. Things are happening now. The Bible says that Satan will is coming down having great wrath for he know that his time is short. So woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. Guys, let me tell you something. This is not the time to be asleep. This is not the time to be drifting. This is not the time for you to pawn your families. Oh, man. This generation shall not pass. Now, I want you, what is a generation? What could be said, considered a generation? Go to Psalms, and this is some very interesting wording. I just want you, my question to you is, could this be? Could this be? I want you to go to Psalms chapter 90, and I want to read a scripture to you. And I want you to just let the Spirit of God do what it do. Okay? Psalms 90. Now, Let's look at verse 10. It says, the days of our years are three score and ten. And by, if by reason of strength, they be four score years. It says, yet is their strength and labor 
and sorrow, for it is soon cut off and we fly away. Now, man's life is three score and 10. That's 70 years. By reason of strength, 80 years. But then the Bible says it'll be soon cut off and we fly away. Now, I already know the argument that the enemy is bringing to your mind right now. That's why I want you to stay with me because I will dispel that. The argument that he's bringing to your mind. I just want you to listen. This generation shall not pass to all these things are fulfilled. What, what, what generation? A man's life is 70 years and by reason of strength, 80. I know some of you got your calculator out right now. That's why I'm going to go to this next scripture so I can dispel this so you can get back. He said, and they're soon cut off. Now, I remember reading the scripture in Matthew 24, you know, and this is amazing. He said, and we fly away. <laughs> Matthew 24, and the Bible says, let me see if I want to read that now. Matthew 24, verse 22. This is what the Bible says. And except those days be shortened, there shall no flesh be saved, but for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Another translation says, except those days be cut off, no flesh shall survive. Now, I can tell you right now, we have the potential for this to be a reality. Because every one of these countries, many of them, are sitting around with their hands on a panic button of a nuclear war, the world would not survive a nuclear war. It would not. One of Israel's greatest adversaries right now is Iran. And we hear that Iran is only weeks away from developing a nuclear war. You know, we have all of these folks around us with nuclear wars. And the Bible says, if that day was not cut off, nobody could survive. If someone right now was to start a nuclear war, it will annihilate the total population. It would decimate the population of the world. You can't deny that. So we are playing games with our destiny, not knowing when the enemy is gonna call somebody to pull a trigger are you listening? Now, let me let me let me let me go on because I I know uh where, where we are with this. He said this generation shall not pass until all these things are fulfilled. Now, I want to go and look at Matthew 24. Let's look at we were looking at that. So let's look at 42 now. This is the part I want to address. Watch therefore for you know not what hour your Lord do cometh. But know this, that if the good man of the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched 
and would not have suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be ye also ready, for in such an hour as you think not, the Son of Man cometh. Now, let me dispel what the enemy tried to use with a lot of people. I don't know if this bishop man is preaching false doctrine because the Bible said, don't no man know the day or the hour. Well, I didn't preach that. I didn't preach that I knew the day or the hour. I said, we are in a position right now that if those days are not shortened, no one could be saved if we were hurled into a nuclear war. I said that the Bible declared that God would bring all of his people back together from all four corners of the, of the world and bring them into their own land that has already happened. I already said that the Bible said that that there will be wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and earthquakes and in diverse places, it's already happened. The Bible says before the son of sin is revealed. See, the temple will be rebuilt again, but you don't want to be here when it is because that'll be during the tribulation. And the Bible says that Antichrist will come in. You go read the Bible in Revelations. And it says that he will make a covenant with the people for 42 months. What is 42 months? 42 months. And this was prophesied many centuries ago. 42 months is three and a half years. And for the last three and a half years, he will cut all the sacrifices. Everything he promised that he would do, he will cut it off. And there will be no more sacrifices, no more worshiping the Lord. And then he will begin to seek people out. And begin to behead those Christians. Let me tell you something. There's a precursor going on already in Afghanistan. They are already beheading Christians. What am I saying to you? Am I trying to tell you that I know the day or the hour? No, I'm not. I am telling you that you are right at the door according to the scriptures. And the life that you are living right now, I just want you to examine it. I just want you to say, have I drifted away from God thinking I was drifting away from the church, thinking I was drifting away from those Christians? I was getting away from those people. Have you abandoned your assignment to God? Because the Bible says it this way. If you go to any house, any city, and they don't receive my word, Shake the dust off your feet. Why? Why? So it shall be held as a testimony against them. In other words, you were told. Guys, there's so much here. There is so much here. I mean, I, I begin to look at the Daniel, uh, the ninth chapter, talking about the 70 weeks. Man, I'm telling you, when you put the timeline together, the timeline together goes from Daniel 49 years, 483 years, which makes a, 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 a total 483 years. It only leaves seven years. It's, it's talking about, man, the last days and those seven years, it, it's talking about the tribulation. 
there's too much to go into right now, and I don't want to confuse you. So let's just leave that one on the side. It's just so much that I'm seeing that confirms that God is telling us right now is a time to pay attention. Now is a time to pay attention. This is not the time to have it your way. No man knows the day or the hour. But he said that they will not catch you unaware if you are paying attention. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you doing what God has commanded you to do? We are in the last of the last days. I don't want to be doom and gloom, but let me tell you something. From these pulpits, we're going to have to warn the people it's more than you getting another car. It's no more than you getting a big house. All of this stuff is going to burn up anyway. It's about you being ready. And you would do it in injustice not to prepare your family to know Jesus is coming soon. In the last day, 2 Timothy, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, heady, high-minded, traitors, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, having the form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. Listen, there are so many indications that where we are right now is the last of the last days. Are you, are you still serving the Lord? Except those days be shortened. Except those days be shortened. The, the man of perdition, the man of sin is going to be revealed. But according to the word of God, 2 Thessalonians, the Bible says, and the Lord himself shall, de shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And then we, which are alive and remain, shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. And, you know, some people think that the rapture and the second coming of Christ are the same. It's not. Because when the Lord comes, he's going to come as a thief in the night and take the church out of here. That's going to be the time that everyone is caught off guard. The first time he comes, he's going to come for you. The second time he's come, he's going to come with you. Are you listening? But he's coming. The Bible says that we are not. The scripture says it, that we are not appointed unto wrath, but unto righteousness. God is coming to get his people. But guess what? Everybody is not going to go. Are you? Where are you right now? I'll tell you one thing, and I'll say this in the end. At worst case scenario, this message makes you watchful. That's a worst case scenario. It'll make you start watching. Best case scenario, it will make you prepare. So I'm gonna, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to leave this thing here where it is. And I want you 
pray. Look around your house. Look at your children. Look at your family. And say, are my kids and my wife and my household, are they going to perish because they are linked to me? Are they going to be lost because I'm their leader? If you're not married, are my children or my family or the people around me going to be lost because I didn't do my assignment? Ask yourself the question, what part do I play in the last day of harvest? I hope this has served as a wake-up call to the believers because, again, I said it, there's a lot of believers asleep. Wake up the mighty men, the mighty women. Wake up. And Christ will give you rest. There remained a rest for the people of God. But don't allow at any point to have an evil heart of unbelief causing you to be set, separated, set apart from the kingdom of God. Recover yourself. May not teach on this again next week, week after next. I don't know, but I'm not. I'm just telling you, you have heard the word of God. Share it with somebody. Send this message to someone. Tell them to open up their Bibles. Don't be naysayers. Don't be, go in the word of God. And read the scriptures. Search the scriptures yourself. Amen. Continue to be faithful. Do what God has called you to do. And I want to tell you, I love you. We love you. And it is my responsibility as your leader to give you the word of God in this day that we're living in. So until we come back together again. Whatever you do, whenever you do it, and however you do it, make sure you are not in a state of apostasy. And then you know you can keep it real.